Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you are going to truly evolve, you have to admit who you are. Not just to yourself, to everyone. You were happy once. You were accomplished, proud, loved. But your past does not dictate your future. It doesn't matter who you were as a person, how good you were, how nice, how caring, how professional. When you've been beaten down long enough, that person is never coming back. Now, there isn't a part of your body or your psyche that has been wounded, covered in scars. You must break every attachment to your past to liberate your future. Because only after your destruction can you be resurrected. Become the person you were always supposed to be. Without pain, without regrets, without betrayal, without sacrifice, you have nothing. And you've sacrificed your body, your soul your mind twice you had to perish in your previous form to be reborn something transcendent you will become free you will enter your final form you will finish what you started you have been warned What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sap, a very moist Sean Ross Sap here. <laughs> Spilled a drink all over myself. Warren, Warren is Thank about to the... say before the show, pour one out because this is my last night in this office. And I did. <laughs> I did. Oh, man. I'm wet, Warren. Yeah, yes, you are. Yes, and I'm glad you gave a little context to that because hey. starting off the show and saying very moist and me with a big grin on my face, you know. I don't want. I don't want to start giving people a wrong idea here. You know what I'm well, talking you about. You never know. You never know. But we are here for a SmackDown kind of review. We're going to talk a lot of news uh, because there is a lot of news. Reminder: Donate a super chat. Any amount. Get your question or statement read on the air. If you want to ask several questions every single week, I do a Q and A show over at FightfulSelect.com. We are breaking news there all the time. It was a real, real, real busy day. I'm running on very little sleep after all the news the last couple days, and uh, it's not slowing down by the looks of it. My God, it's all over the place. But let's go ahead and get into this. Reminder, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. That stuff really helps us. Check out the Listen You Girl with myself and Denise this week. Jimmy was out, but damn, there, there's a lot. There's a lot, Warren. Uh, the line drive yeah. said, hey, Sean, just joined Fightful Select last night. You always do good work, and I'm glad I finally got it. Sour Graps is particularly enjoyable, as Alex Palowski's perspective of how it can be better is great to hear, even if I enjoy it. I find myself listening, even though Warren isn't on Fightful Select, he's on YouTube.com slash Hayes Thursdays. At, at night, when I'm doing my, my last editing rounds, I find myself listening to Alex and listening to Warren and these solo shows. Definitely encourage you guys to check that out, and I thank you. We had a giant influx of subscriptions uh, over the past day, especially, um, and 
Evan Wright. You got we got this brand invasion going here. Evan Wright says hashtag Yoshi Hypenai Hashi. It's a typo, actually. It's Yoshi Hyphen Hashi. Hypenai Hashi is what I'll yeah. say. And hashtag okay. Justice for DGMC. I disagree with the dust Justice for DGMC, but I will say that if he were a real man, he would just threaten to kick you on Twitter. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, kick me, threaten to kick me, and immediately block me before I can poke a little more fun at him for sure. And I uh, hit my timeline today, and I said, that is a reportable offense. That will get reported. It's targeted. It's targeted harassment. He's coming after me, right? Anakin JMT says, since I couldn't actually watch live, is the last hour worth catching on Hulu? It's worth catching on YouTube. I'll, I'll say that. They're, the women's match and the eight-man mm-hmm. tag, I'm not going to say they weren't good because they were, but Warren, what says you? Would you catch that last hour? I completely agree. There's no reason to watch the first hour at all. Um, And uh, the two matches that Sean mentioned, one of them has uh, very direct implications for Extreme Rules. So that's good. And it's a nice surprise at the same time. I was delighted with the outcome of the match. And I thought the uh, eight-man tag ruled, actually. I thought it was a super solid match. Colt Badeau says, back when I worked at Prime Mantis, someone whipped a sandwich at Mark Madden's face. He gets dunked on all the time. I got. I can't pretend that I did not feel like Dominique Wilkins in 1989 yesterday. That guy is a fucking idiot. He is a dummy. He's so stupid and has no clue what he's talking about. Man. And somebody was like, are, are you mad at him? I'm like, no, I'm not mad at him. I'm... I'm impressed that he's made it so far with such so so little. By the way, I rem- intelligence. But I remember when he used to write for OneWrestling.com back in the day with uh, with Bob Ryder, and then suddenly he appears on WCW, and a bunch of us on RSPW were like, "What? What?" Well, let me tell you, I spent five years uh, writing at One Wrestling for a zero dollars. So let me tell you, if that, that if that's his professional experience, it ain't that much. Nope. Throwback 27 says, Sean has to rock a Bosox jersey, and it'll be on its way soon. Thank you, Fightful. Rock your Fightful gear and go get yours. Yeah, we have a lot at shop.fightful.com. We put the Dong Lord merch on hold in light of some recent things. We'll, we'll eventually get it up there, but now is not the right time for that type of thing. But we do have a lot of great stuff. Check out our Pride shirts. I love those. Uh, I had a big hand in designing those. I am very proud of those and how well they do. We got a lot of cool designs up there. Throwback also says, by the way, check out his podcast every Tuesday, youtube.com slash throwback27. I've been saying give him constructive criticism. Give him good feedback. He's learning. He's working. That stuff always helps. He says, we have a phenom in Sean, a Canadian badass in Warren, a messiah in Thomas in the chat, who in the chat is Paul Bearer and Brother Love? Um, we'll go with Wild Boy as Paul Bearer, just because I want to hear him cut a promo. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he'd be Brother Love. Maybe we could get that going. I'd like to see him preach, too. It'd be Rob Wilkins and, and Wild Boy, for sure. Those are the I- two. I concur. Absolutely. They, Absolutely. They, they would be managing I, us. I, I really feel like Rob could pull off a great brother love for some I do. reason. I do too. Just, just spread some some ketchup over your face, Rob. You know what to do. Colt Badeau says, the only person not wearing a mask was Bugenhagen in the crowd. Does his mustache protect him? Why can't all the talent wear bandanas as masks, as some do anyway? Just put them down before they wrestle. Well, Warren, they all should be. Yeah, they all should. Um, I, you know, we were speaking about it last week. They have masks available on WWE shop. Why weren't? Why wasn't the talent wearing them like they're wearing shirts? Like they're wearing shirts that that, that you can buy on 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 the shop. It, uh, if only to serve WWE's basic motivation, it's 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 forward, it's forwarding feelings of greed and necessity to get all the money. It's not just money. All the monies 
And why not just have everyone wear the masks? I don't get it. I I'm, I was happy to see them tonight, and I was like, look, geez, you got Shotzi Blackheart wearing a yeah. SmackDown mask. That's, that's what that's what you want, right? Right, WWE? And it should be happening in AEW, too. I, I do yes. not care that they've been testing people. What would it hurt? What would it hurt? And the answer is not a goddamn thing. Wouldn't hurt it would, a damn thing. And it, it'd probably even help people from getting sick. It would do the opposite of hurting, actually. Azo Smith says, officially became a high school graduate today and am attending Morehouse College in the fall, sending special thanks to the Fightful team for its great content. Well, congratulations. I know that this probably was not your ideal senior year, but uh, we hope that you made the best of it for sure, and we hope that you make the best of what will probably not be an ideal college freshman year either, but, um, I mean, you're going to make the best of it, and we know you will. We're very proud of you as well. Warren, you have a recent grad as well. Yes, well, my, my daughter, uh, Little Hayes, completed uh, primary school, elementary school, so that's a big deal. Yes. Moving on to the big uh, to the big leagues, so very proud of her as well. Very, very proud. Big congrats there, Derek Davis says, buddy check. Just here to give a friendly reminder: don't sweat the petty stuff, and also don't pet the sweaty stuff. Well, <laughs> love each other well. in these tough times. Well, I mean, we'll get back to petting the sweaty stuff. Hey, listen, July. I'm we've delayed the blue chew reads. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to kink shame anyone. Just saying. Absolutely. Fair point. Everybody <laughs> was doing that to Carmella and Corey Graves for something they didn't even say. No, it was weird. It was that that was like the thing. Was, it was it was um, they didn't outright say it. And it was kind of a joke in regardless. And then all of a sudden it became a thing. But then you know that most of the people who were retweeting and going, oh, my God, I can't believe it, didn't listen to the yeah. podcast. I listened to the to the excerpt. And I'm like, there's nothing here. I, there was. And even if it was, I'd be like, well, yeah. good for you guys and good for empowering people who like that kind of stuff. I was I all just, too happy to write a headline about Corey Graves and Carmella pissing all over each other. But that that wasn't in the cards, guys. Context is important. Context <laughs> is king. By the way, check out my new interview with Eric Bischoff. He put it over. Uh, oh. 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 Come on. And, and we'll go right into Anakin JMT saying, all hail the dunk lord, Sean Ross Sapp. Now, I don't even want to bring up this shitty Mark Madden thing, although it was so fun <laughs> teabagging that douchebag. And when he said that, he thought I meant literally dropping my testicles on his face he had no idea the implication that that meant dunking on him whereas the level of said nuts would be near his head of course because things have passed him by but he said on twitter <laughs> eric bischoff thinks the same thing of these amateurs that i do and right around that time eric bischoff said love this interview with sean ross sap that was amazing Real good. It's not been a good year, but that was a good time. Mm-hmm. Damn. Damn. Stay up and keep it up, says Fightful Class. Take a seat, especially you, Sean. You got some popcorn and Twinkies. It's story time with the Stroman Express. Choo-choo. Choo-choo. Ah, choo. oh, I, I should have saved that for that segment, but I will address yep. this at that time. We've got one from Patel Ron 6 now, here's the thing. You've heard me read this guy's Super Chats before, and I've said Patelron 6 because it's all one thing. And he asked me on Wednesday, why can't you pronounce Patel? And one of my bosses was named Patel. It's just when it all runs together like that, it looks like Patelron. Any further info on Velveteen Dream? Yes. So, word going around, and I can say this because the rumor is straight up out there. Rumor is... WWE is really trying to clean up their roster right now. And people that are in situations that they shouldn't be, and they look at and they say, ah, well, we can't back you here. They're trying to get rid of. And that's going to make for quite a few people. Now, there are going to be some exceptions to that rule. WWE is backing Matt Riddle. So there are a lot of people that want Matt Riddle out. WWE is backing Matt Riddle. WWE stood by Randy Orton through some shitty stuff. And fortunately, he grew out of that. Velveteen Dream has done a lot of shitty stuff. Uh, there's been a, a weird pattern of behavior here 
And more stuff, I think, will come to light, but the stories that I've heard personally that we can't even report on the air are pretty wild. One of them we did report was that there was a warrant out for him a while back, Warren, Mm -hmm. from where he allegedly, and was caught on surveillance tape, bashing a stranger's car window in. That warrant was never served. It It was dropped. But the word going around was that Velveteen Dream might be on the chopping block. And today, I get word, Velveteen Dream's been in a car accident, and he's at the hospital. WDB has since confirmed to me that he has been released from the hospital. Uh, obviously, regardless of whatever shitty things he may or may not have done, we do not want him to be harmed in a car accident. But I know this is a ki- kind of a lot to take right here, but you and I covered a a team, Los Gringos Locos, I believe it was, Eddie Guerrero and yes. Art Bar. Mm-hmm. Velveteen Dream is the Art Bar of our generation, and I hope to God he doesn't end up like Art Bar. Uh, no, I, I, I really don't. You don't want any of this. You want people to be able to improve and rehabilitate and, and, and overcome uh, whatever's happening. If I think the main difference that we have here, and this is how this is how we'll see how we'll see if if Dream becomes an exception or not. Uh, Art Bar was enabled by everyone around him by the state of the business back then. Uh, he did what he did, got uh, got a small fine, and went back to work. And oh, as you this. pointed out, Dream and- has been enabled by WWE. I I know that to be true. I know that to be true. I just can't say exactly why. And this is this is kind of what we want. We've seen in the past wrestlers be uh, be released. From WWE, uh, and it's like go Kurt Angle being a fairly good ex- example. You, you know, we can't handle this. Go clean up your act. Of course, there's a whole segment of Kurt Angle's life where he didn't exactly clean up, but he did eventually and was welcomed back. Um, you know, the, sometimes tough love is the best love. Maybe, maybe Randy Orton would have. Um, maybe Randy Orton would have straightened out faster uh, uh, re- in regards to this. And, you know, um, this is not good news. It's not It's not fun to hear Velveteen Dream was in a car accident because the last thing you want to hear is, uh, is that something extremely tragic, accidental and tragic happens. And then you're like, God damn, this is it's the worst possible outcome to this uh, to, to this person's life. You you want to see you want to see someone grow. You want to see someone improve. He's got stuff that he has to deal with, so we'll see how it's dealt with moving forward. And uh, it's it it sucks. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks for it a lot of people. I don't care that this situation sucks for him. The car wreck. Yeah, I don't. I don't want him to be in a car wreck. But oh man. By the way, uh, if you come in our chat and says that our says that one of our mics are low, I'm gonna I'm gonna time you out, or one of our mods are. If our mics are low, somebody will have told us before 17 minutes into the show. Do not do that, please. Uh, Joe Hansen says, "Miss SmackDown," but wishing you all a good show. I mean, we've already got 17 minutes down, Warren, and I didn't, and we haven't even started on the show, so we're doing fantastic. All right. I, we're doing great. <laughs> the line drive says Gulak was on 205 live commentary tonight. Is this going to be an ongoing thing? I certainly wouldn't mind giving Gulak's knowledge and personality. Well, Warren, I saw a tweet that you put out about him like subtly coaching Jeff Hardy at the end. I would love that if he was like the analyst, the coach, the Mike Tanay of today. Hey, that would be fantastic. And I mean, even if he does it like in these situations, because you could see him when when Hardy was tossed to the floor, Gulak was right on the other side of the turnbuckle and he was pointing to Corbin and he was talking to Hardy. He was like, I think he's coming. And what happens? Jeff Hardy moves out of the way as Corbin charges him. Yeah. Coach Gulak. There you go. That's what we need. And yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that Drew Gulak can talk and he has good personality and if you put him on 205 live for for some commentary that'd be fantastic the 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 knowledge and this the extra that he could bring to uh to that show it'd be fantastic it would actually give you a reason to watch 
Colt Badeau says, Madden makes us Yenzers look bad. I assume that's somebody from Pittsburgh. Anakin says, Sean, I purposely set Madden up for that Bischoff burn, and it was even more radioactive than I thought. Hashtag Dunklord. I did watch that. I watched Anakin go, well, what about Eric Bischoff and how he feels? And Madden walked right into it. And I was like, oh! It's like watching the Hideo Nomo wind up. Like, you know a heater's coming, but you get to Mm -hmm. sit back and enjoy it. Ah, man. Hannah Moore says, started the show an hour late. Finished it on time. Well, that, Warren, is because they replayed the bone-hard match, as I called it. I sent you a message today and had a typo. They really need to make sure the Y and the H are nowhere near each other on the keyboard. Because I said, I think they're replaying the bone-hard match tonight, and they did. Throwback27 says, with the 30-year career of Taker done, what match that Taker did changed your view and outlook of WWE and WWF as a whole? Did it change your outlook on wrestling as a whole or that match? For me, it was Hell in a Cell with Foley. To me, what changed my perception of wrestling was really a lot of the stuff that happened between the fall of 97 and the spring of 98 because we had, in that period, Hell in a Cell match, Mm -hmm. casket match, inferno match. Like, WWE was pulling out all the stops to get us to, to stick our eyeballs onto the screen. Was there anything that fit your your profile there? I'm trying to think. I as much as Undertaker has has. First of all, I don't buy that his career is over. That's just me. Um, the uh, but otherwise, um, I I can't pinpoint anything that that he's done that changed my perception of wrestling. I think he's been a natural level because when you talk about that kind of match, for me, for me, it's Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. That's the one that flipped it for me where I'm like, oh, okay, this is I'm there's something extra going on here, another level of stuff. That's not to say that I didn't enjoy Taker matches. Hell, the first Hell in a Cell, it's probably my favorite uh, Undertaker match with Shawn Michaels at Bad Blood. I think it's I think it's one of my favorite. I, I think it is my favorite Undertaker match. Got got a chance to watch it a couple of weeks ago, and it's still as great uh, as ever. But yeah, I mean, I think it's more of a series of things. I don't. Taker's contributions, as well documented as they were in the documentary, which is usually where you document stuff, Warren. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it, uh, his contributions, I think, are so they're not they're not very specific. It's more it's more an umbrella effect that he that he's had um, a, a mu- he he casts a much longer shadow than just a few specific events. Oh, boy, we have some more Super Chats rolling in. Matt Rykel says, love Fightful Select. It's been crazy. Thanks, Sean. Yeah, this has been one of the craziest news weeks, news two weeks ever. And a lot of it has been absolutely shitty to cover. I want to specifically thank Jeremy Lambert, uh, Carlos Toro. I know Robert DeFelice was out last weekend, but I want to thank him as well. They rocked it doing that coverage. They did such an awesome job. Uh, and... Uh, I just thank them so much. Joseph Farley says, I watched Gulak stream some Joshi, and he's a natural for analysis. It's absolutely fantastic. Yeah, that's that's what I think that we need is is him doing some of that. Like, FYI. Joshi, but, but doing some analysis. FYI, uh, Drew Gulak's Twitch stream is fantastic because he has – a lot of his buddies show up, professional wrestlers who aren't necessarily signed. Or one night he was just talking with Tony Nice, and they drop some stuff there. Sometimes that you're like, "Wow, okay, this is really cool stuff." They're, he's not always playing video games. Sometimes it's just wrestling yeah. talk. It's a lot of fun. I love that. I love that so many people are getting into the content game. Stay mm-hmm. up and keep it up. I don't know if this is a backhanded compliment. Stay up and keep it up. Says your face got skinny, Sean. What are you doing? Or- I'm getting fat. It's that's that's the difference. I'm 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 blowing up, folks. Damn Don't worry it, about Warren. it. Damn it, Warren. Uh, been a little bit sick lately. Uh, I'll be fine. I'll get over it. I'm trying but to save face, man. Kevin Kevin Langoff says this is the pay to respects to the best entertainer ever. Thank you, Taker. Oh, well, I guess we can talk about it now. They got all <laughs> these dorks in the entranceway. You know what it looked like, Sean? You know what it looked like? It looked like, you know, um, 
a, a the the North Korean government trotting out like the school children they to the applaud. Signs. They got the signs that they exactly. It's like yay! Here comes our here comes our leader, our our, our glorious leader. Or I was actually expecting someone to be like you know sort of like everyone. Everyone just make sure watch everyone. If you're in trouble, blink twice, you know, kind of thing. That it felt very Stockholm syndrome y to me, this whole situation. It was really weird. It was just weird. Cesaro did not look interested, but they had Strowman, Riddle, everybody from the top guys to people they've just debuted. This was dumb. But they showed the 1990 Survivor Series debut, and I thought they were going to show just, like, a bunch of stuff, and this would, like, main yeah. event. No, they're like, hey, he debuted in 1990. Here's his last match. They showed the Boneyard match. And Carl Anderson is a liar. He was back on WWE TV tonight. There you go. There you go. Evan Wright um, says, Super Dragon. Oh, my God. Well, that we got the boneyard match, the bone hard match. Um, it's cool. <laughs> the Undertaker, the documentary was outstanding. At this point, Warren, people are like, "Well, what's he going to do for fifteen years?" Well, much like you, I don't think he's done because if they don't have him in a cinematic match at Survivor Series, what are we even doing here? You're not going to commemorate the thirty years? No. Uh, then th- there's a couple of scenarios that you could do here. You know, I personally, I think that the that him going out at Survivor Series where he debuted and had the full circle kind of thing makes a lot more sense than WrestleMania at this point because the streak is done. You know, there's a lot. I mean, he could still finish at WrestleMania. It is the biggest event of the year, so on and so I get it. But there is an argument to be made there. I don't think he's done. I really and frankly don't think don't think he's done. There's got to be one more in there. Look, you you we saw the documentary. We can he wants to hear the people one last time. Yeah. Every time he hits the ring, t- he, telling himself, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. He goes backstage. He tells Vince, Vince, I'm done. But then he hears the crowd again. And he's like, man, one more. Let's, let's just go one more. Um, and, and that being said, the documentary helped me uh, generate a lot more. It helped me uh, appreciate uh, what it means to be a professional wrestler when you make it as big as he does and the 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 addiction to a certain extent that you have to performing, to being in front of the crowd, to getting that instant reaction. Um, you, you know, in one of the segues, Stone Cold says, you know, you try to move on from that when you're when when you're um, when you retire. But it takes a while, man. And you're like, wow, it, it, you know, it. The whole doc in these situations where you see these characters, these larger-than-life guys who are suddenly becoming very humble and talking about very, very personal experiences, being very humane about what they're what they're talking about, and you're like, well, okay, the, I can appreciate more why they keep coming back because it's just so hard to let go. Joseph Stern says it looks like they were mourning Taker. It, it did. Were you surprised <laughs> they didn't edit out Anderson and Gallows? Because I thought they were too. I kept waiting, and I was like, where are they? This was the second time the, the this was the, the the first time I saw the Boneyard match since WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And when Taker when AJ and Taker went to the the John Deere uh thing, yeah. I thought, "Wait, did they 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 forgot the they cut out the whole part where they fight on the barn. They cut out Gallison Anderson, that part." But no, I I'd forgotten that they went back. So yeah, I was surprised that they did that they did keep them in, but it hey, felt, you know, maybe AJ was like, "I got to protect my boys. Got to make sure like my they boys scale it back or something." I mean, they, them—they're the reason why he ended up on SmackDown. Now the irony is, Heyman ain't running Raw now. Yeah, so he could have just stayed over there. So I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, what's the point? What's the point? Uh, Cesaro or Evan Wright says Cesaro and Sh- uh, Shinsuke golf clapping at the start of the show with everyone looking like zombies. Deserns. Cool beans, hot trash combo. Hashtag Yoshi hyphen Hashi. Man, that's hard to say. Yoshi hyphen Hashi. It it is hard to say. And Um, uh, the Undertaker thing, a lot of people are like, what's he going to do for the 15 years he's under contract? I wish they would do a series called The Ride where he goes through every single year of his career. Give me one of those a month. You got 27, 28 months worth of content. 
I would love that because, I mean, I think that's what he'd be doing on Dead Man Talking right now with Conrad Thompson if they had not signed <laughs> him to a new deal. <laughs> that's You know that's why they, 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 they kept him. You know that's exactly why. And you know what? Here's the thing. They could be doing that right now, Sean. Yeah, they could. They could be they doing could. Friday Night SmackDown becomes, uh, you know, uh, not Ride Along, but what you called it, with with the Undertaker, Ride with Taker, yeah, and he just takes you down his path. People will tune in for that, yeah, they legitimately will. King Corbin comes out and says Undertaker only got as far as he did by kissing the McMahon family's ass. He says Undertaker's been stealing money from the company for twenty years, and he's been holding down better wrestlers for a long time. He gets mad about the chance, and Jeff Hardy comes out and runs him off. Hardy says that Corbin's comments struck a nerve. The promo wasn't good because Jeff Hardy promos aren't, but they're having a match tonight. Corbin says that Undertaker, being Hardy's mentor, led him in and out of jail. I thought that was very funny. Uh, but, you know, even a, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Then we got a match. Uh, we're going to talk about the main event right now. This is your standard smaller guy works from underneath Baron Corbin match. Jeff Hardy won. Uh, nothing gets me hyped for this feud with Matt Riddle quite like Baron Corbin losing. But here we are. <laughs> Evan Wright says, best heel in the business, baby. Corbin is the best. Uh, <clears throat> Throwback 27 says, Jeff Hardy had tough love more than once and he's back in WWE. I hope he has a great run now that he's back. <clears throat> I think he'll have... A mid-card run, and with mm -hmm. maybe a title match in there. But this win was good for him. Warren, what do you think about Jeff Hardy getting the victory over Baron Corbin here? Um, this was okay. We were treated to the main event chin lock as well, which which was really, really good. Uh, my... my uh, my 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 big my big moment was I and I talked about it earlier when Drew Gulak coached Hardy to move out of the way. I thought that was great. Um when we came back from commercial and we saw the dudes all around the ring, I was like, All right, I see where you're going with this, but I didn't this I thought that they were going to pull a Matt Riddle part two where they were gonna jump into the ring and celebrate with Jeff, but no, they all took turns squishing the greatest heel in the business. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I, 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 what kind of ending was it, Sean? I don't understand what that does. I don't know what it does to anyone involved. Uh, like no one took center stage. No one felt stronger than anyone else. Corbin continues to look like a complete buffoon and you don't care about him. You just don't care about him as a heel because he always ends up looking like a joke. Um, and then just say goodbye your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Jeff Hardy taking a knee and live and doing the Undertaker pose. That's the moment where I was like, uh, "Yeah, it's like okay, he's dead, dead." You know, did he, did he did he die and we didn't know? And then, of course, the thing is, is that it lasts so long. The problem with <laughs> WWE's production, it's not that. The shots aren't good. It's not that the ideas aren't good. Most of the time, it's just so long. What, Jeff Hardy stood there for 20 seconds, just or kneeled there for 20 seconds. It's exactly like when they end an, end an interview, and then they stay on the person, and the person's like, for, for <laughs> five, six seconds, then they cut to something else, and that's what creates the awkwardness. That's what creates the cringe because then you're like, okay, why are we still staring? Is something going to happen? This is hard to watch. 
And that's what transforms a segment from something that's good to passable to, ew, I didn't like it. And that was that was my problem here. And Jeff Hardy being Undertaker's proxy, like, I get it. That, I that's, get Oh, that's so annoying. It's like they're all out there to support Jeff Hardy for supporting The Undertaker. I get, I get you're not going to fly Undertaker in. I'd be the first to shit on the fact that they brought Undertaker into the PC, right? In the, with the whole, with everything going on. Of course, I'd be the first to complain about it. I'm not saying Taker should have been there. Yeah. But they didn't have to do the proxy thing. It looks stupid. It's cringe. And I don't, I don't even think Jeff Hardy is a good proxy for Taker. You know what I mean? Like, not that, not that I don't respect the ensemble of his career. It doesn't match. It doesn't fit. Taker and and Hardy don't have a history together. They don't have a past. It's not. It was you know thrown together because people are going home because they don't want to get sick. I understand the context, but this is what you get as far as your TV goes. That's what you get. Yeah. For this is this this is what you get when Vince McMahon feels responsible for delivering entertainment to the masses. This is what you get. I couldn't agree more with that. And it's so weird to me that WWE and AEW are like. Pandemic, let's get everybody around the ring as often as possible. Sure. Lumberjack mm-hmm. matches, let's do them. Mm-hmm. Let, let's support Taker by not having him here, but having everybody around the ring. Mm-hmm. At Riddle's debut, we need everybody around the ring. It's so weird, man. Uh, Corbin attacks Jeff Hardy after the match. He takes out Kofi. Big E hits the big ending. Strowman hits the power slam. They bring in Matt Riddle. He does the floating bro. It looks really good. Throwback 27. Check out his podcast on Tuesdays. Says, Corbin getting destroyed at the end was good. It was their own version of Wrestler's Court just in public. If it wasn't for Taker, that is actually a really good comparison. If it wasn't for Taker, guys like Corbin who are very athletic big men might not be in WWE. There were not a lot of great athletic big men before Undertaker. He did change things. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like that comparison to Wrestler's Court. Uh, that, that would even be not uh, something that you would expect, like, Corey Graves to say. Like, he's being taken to uh, wrestler's court in front of everybody. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, but to me, it's like, okay, I get it. Baron Corbin lost again. He's going to come out next week and say, And Matt Riddle, you hit me when I was down. And then they're going to have a match or something. And and j- one final thing that I want to point out, Drew, over the past couple of weeks, I've been saying, Sean, right? That Seamus and Baron Corbin are, they're basically the same heel character, right? They're basically the same people, basically the same person. They have the same lines, the same motivations. So when Jeff Hardy attacked Baron Corbin tonight, he said, oh, oh, he, he got confused. He thought Baron Corbin was Seamus because he was saying Seamus things. So, yeah, it just, it, it just validates my theory that all the heels on SmackDown are exactly the same. I'm with you. Oh, let's talk about this Braun promo. What <laughs> the? Yeah, I try not to curse on the show anymore. Because, like, I'll have people that are like, hey, I watch this show with my kid. It's amazing. And I'm like, bad parent, first off. Second off, I need to clean up my language. Because what, what does an F-bomb hurt or help? But Braun Strowman looked like he was about to tell someone to get him a chicken sandwich and some waffle fries for free. He was about to go find Bovice Wyatt. It was bad. Like, here's the thing. It was bad, Ward, and it was probably the best delivery of a promo he's had since he's been yeah. champion. Yes. The problem here wasn't his delivery. He was fine. He went, this, this is a moment where Braun made the most of the material he, he had. He did. He really did. But Braun is, he, his promo tonight, he was exactly the character in a horror movie that gives exposition at some point in the movie, to the villain. He's the guy that will explain to you that Freddy Krueger's mother was a, was a, a nurse who got, uh, who got uh, attacked in an insane asylum by a thousand crazy men. You know, it's like, that's, that's exactly what he did. Talking about the snake thing. And, you know, just like that, you know, I used to do, I used to do improv, Sean, in a certain moment in, in my life. And one of the things they teach you is basically uh, do it, don't say it. Basically, don't tell us stories, show us stories. So he, we're just – he's just going back in the past talking about a snake and Braun laugh, uh, Bray laughing. And so, 
I'm like, I don't care. I don't care because it's not happening before my eyes as a television viewer. That's all. That's all. That was the main problem with it. It's exposition. It's stuff that you're like, why is he telling me all of this? And how does this help the feud? How does this help you get interested in watching a match at Extreme Rules? I don't see how this worked. I don't see how it added anything. And my also, God. I don't believe his story. <laughs> I don't believe I don't it believe, either. I do not and believe the, his story at all. And then the laughing. The oh. laughing. Okay, Look, so I'm we, the- we got we to chat here from Injection2K. Me and Warren agree on Twitter. Braun can't laugh. He's bad at laughing. He's bad at laughing. Even when he tries to, even when he's not trying to be maniacal. <laughs> Alexa. <laughs> you know, it's, a, it's always, poor guy. I mean, he, WWE think that every wrestler can act. Like they really think that everyone can perform. Just that's why they, they create skits and segments and SNL parodies because they think that, our wrestlers can be entertaining too, but no. To be a comedian, you're trained to be a comedian, and you're you're a comedian. If yeah. you're a wrestler, you're trained to be a wrestler, and you are a wrestler. It, it, it doesn't go all. It, it doesn't go both ways. And I got to tell you, Sean, I am super stoked that this feud is all about the universal title. My goodness, the universal title, top of the line, can't get enough of it. Everybody's after it. Woo! Oh, yeah. Avery Dunn said, Braun's promo reminded me of Tito Ortiz's Jackal promo in Bellator. Any news on who produced that? I've never tuned, tuned out on a promo so quickly. So, so, so bad. I I mean, the thing is, I've seen a lot worse. I'll find out who produced it, but Tito Ortiz is not the guy who you want to be compared to as far as promos go. <laughs> the guy's got some real, real problems dealing with like CTE and stuff like that, and it's reflected in his... In his speech patterns. That ain't great. Throwback 27. Check out his show on Tuesdays. He says, Braun and Bray doing a cinematic match. It seems you think we're getting a House of Horrors Part 2. Or something else that could be on par with the Boneyard match. Boneyard match is a high bar to cross. Especially with Braun's acting ability, Warren. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. also, I feel like Braun could be cheesy B-movie 1980s actor. I mean, Steven Seagal was successful. Sure. Uh, <laughs> the um, uh, um, the um, I agree. Um, I I don't think they're going to go full full uh, uh, Firefly Funhouse style because you had Bray and John Cena, who are two extremely talented performers. John Cena is a trained actor, so he knows what he was doing. I don't think Braun can thrive in that kind of of environment. Look. If they take this too seriously, it's going to fall flat on its face. They need to go a little B-movie with it. They need to go a little, uh, you know, grindhouse, Rob Zombie-ish uh, for it to be successful. If Braun can be over the top, it would be good. I think they should go down that type of direction and add in some crazy, uh, you know, some crazy metaphysical stuff for the Bray Wyatt, Sister Abigail stuff that they're probably going to toss in at some point. And I'm okay with that. I like that kind of stuff. Look, I'm wearing a Bray Wyatt t-shirt. I'm down with it. I love Bray Wyatt. Um, I, but I, if not too, um, not too overproduced, well, not overproduced, not something like the Firefly Funhouse, I think we can get something in between, especially if they decide to go very stylistic with it and go super over the top. I think it would work. Injection says WWE said the title isn't on the line. Oh, boy. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it isn't. Like, uh, you put it back on Brock for Christ's sake at this so, point. I realize this is a joke in regards to Warren's show, but I can answer this a little bit. Evan Wright says if Braun Strowman were a submission hold, he'd be the butterfly lock. And Anakin says, Sean, what's your opinion of the butterfly lock? Here's the thing. There are many different butterfly locks. If we're talking a butterfly lock from behind where you're just pulling somebody's arms behind, that's stupid. If they're sitting on the ground, you've got the butterfly lock there. You've got your hip turned into them. You're leaning down on the neck. Maybe they're on their back. You've got some pressure on that. 
That's okay. There are a lot of butterfly locks in wrestling that do not make sense when you got somebody elevated and they're sitting on your hips and you got the butterfly lock in. Well, you don't really have the leverage to apply that. It sucks. There are a couple that are good. Tell me about your thoughts of the butterfly lock, Warren. Oh, hey, listen. Uh, Yoshihashi's butterfly lock is the absolute worst submission <laughs> ever. I put it up there with John Cena's application of the STF. He doesn't. It's, he doesn't turn his hips into it. He puts his knee next to the hip, and it drives me nuts. There you go. There you go. But, but I mean, it's it's just part of the complete package of the absolute drywall existence of Yoshi of Yoshihashi. We don't get to talk a lot of Yoshihashi on this pod, but while we're here, legitimately his butterfly lock has pissed me off for a long time. So what Yoshihashi does is he puts the wrong knee forward. You need to put the one near the body forward or even past the body of the opponent. What he does is he sticks his knee all the way back, the one that should be there, and the other one past the body, and it just it just holds them there. It doesn't apply pressure. God that's, damn that's, it. That's the perfect analogy for his career. Yeah, it is. Throwback 27, check out a show on Tuesday. It says, Braun and Bray have to go down a house of a thousand corp- corpse meets uh, Devil's Rejects. Got Rob Zombie horror movies, uh, LOL. I'm interested to see what they'll do, and I, if they do that, I don't. I don't think they'll go so extreme. I think it'll be more B movie horror, but I wouldn't mind them seeing taking a tip from people like that. Oh, like you could you could replicate the style without getting without all the dismemberment and the throat slashing and the blood. You know, there's a lot of stylistic elements that you could go and and and, and pick at and make it interesting. Anakin JMT says, "Need to know, Warren. What is your opinion on Pop Tarts as fruit?" Oh, Pop-Tarts are definitely fruit. Yeah, I agree. Oh, absolutely. The Line Drive says, do they get rid of the Universal title and bring back Big Gold? That thing has been cursed since its inception. No, I wouldn't care if they, they made the lineages similar, though. I I mean, I hate that like the, the tag team title that Demolition held does not exist anymore. I think that's so stupid. Mm-hmm. So stupid. Uh, Wild Boy says, where do you guys see Tessa going next? Uh, WWE or AAA? I think. <laughs> Yeah, with the I, latter being more likely. Yeah, yes, I think WWE. You know what? Look, we'll see just how we'll see just how self aware WWE is with this with the Tessa situation. Because Sean, we've talked about it before, and it doesn't change. Charlotte Flair versus Tessa Blanchard is a WrestleMania main event. Yeah, especially if Tessa can get her shit in order. That's I, the only. That's the only situation. As I think Casey Michael pointed out, like. WoW went all in on her, mm-hmm. alienated their roster as a result, then got kicked off access, then she left Impact. Woof! Woof. And as I reported, like, she's been released from Impact. Her deal was up in five days anyway. It was a, you can't fire me, I'm already fired thing. Ugh. Yeah. Patel Ron 6 says, your mods are nice. Thank you very much. Uh, I like having a, a good balance of men, women, some diversity in there. That way, peop, that way, we don't have a toxic chat going on in here. I, I talked to another popular YouTube personality, and I was like, "Man, it's me." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's Warren. And I was like, "Your your audience seems a bit toxic," and they're like, "All of them are." And I was like, "No, really, they're not." And that's a bad experience if that's what you're experiencing. That that's not the way that your your audience should respond to you. Ideally, Drew Nicholas says no Braun promo has ever been as bad as the one he cut with Paul Heyman leading up to Rumble last year. It was so cringeworthy. That, that shows you you just can't sprinkle Paul Heyman promo dust on everything. He's got his fair share of shitty segments as well. Um, yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Ultra Real says, Sean, why is the horror show the tagline for Extreme Rules? Why does WWE choose such weird taglines? Well, they choose such weird taglines because they are not cool at all, and <laughs> <laughs> they are very uncool, and it's because of this match, I would imagine, Warren. I, um, I'm, I actually wondered for a second just how self-aware they were by calling themselves the horror show, because, yeah. oh boy, these days, oh boy. 
Guys, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I have news on an Impact Wrestling backstage fight. I have WWE COVID news. I have news on them going to uh, live crowds again soon. I have news on Tessa Blanchard's deal. It's just, I've got a ton of news over there. Subscribe. It's been one of our busiest weeks of all time. Thank you all so much for all the, the, the positive feedback on that because we are working very hard. Myron Kidd says, Impact Wrestling was cold-blooded, but I loved it. Yeah, but honestly, if they could have kept Tessa, they would have kept Tessa, Warren. And to me, I'm a little bit surprised because I thought that was her only option. So she must have a better option. Either that or she's as oblivious as she seems, which is all possible. I, I, you know, I don't think she's, I don't think she's oblivious. I really think she, she's her father's daughter, Sean. That's a good we, point. We, we know the Tully Blanchard stories. We've been around yep. for a while. We've heard them. Um, I honestly uh, would not be surprised if she ended up going to AAA. Uh, I think, you know, there's a reason why she wasn't in, in the sure the the borders closed, but she could have made a mad dash to get out of Mexico <laughs> to head back to the U.S., you know, uh, that yeah, goes, I'm sure that goes against our political beliefs based on what we know about her. So uh, <laughs> DGMC says, how many years away in PR rehab does Tessa need? Does she need? She needs a lot. How many will she get? Probably zero because somebody's going to sign her. Yeah. Uh, Alva M says, are there any stipulations of any of the extreme rules matches? If not, why bother with this pay-per-view? I can't stand Braun's character. It's so cringe to me as a joke champion. Well, he wasn't supposed to be champion. He should have been champion a long time ago when he was white hot. Mm-hmm. But as of now, I don't know. I think they've got the swamp match or whatever it may be. But, uh, yeah, the swamp fight, the Wyatt swamp fight, no other stipulations yet, but... Oh, well, we've got two contract signings on Monday, Sean. There's probably going to be some tips that are going to pop up there. People are definitely going to read that paperwork before signing. Can't and wait. Can't if wait. you're saying, why should I watch this show? Well, you should watch that show because Sasha Banks is facing uh, Oscar on that show and because Bailey is facing Nikki Cross on that show. Yep. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Women's match, top contender. I love it. Give me some stakes. Nikki Cross. Looking like a million bucks beating Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Dana Brooke. This match was a little clunky here and there, but there were some good spots. Nikki tried to roll up Alexa. Dana Dana uh, Brooke with that handspring back elbow on Lacey. Oh, boy. That was good stuff. It was, it was better than the Judas effect. <clears throat> it was better than the Judas effect. They hit, uh, or Lacey and Dana did a double Bronco, Bronco Buster, double handspring elbow. Sasha and Bailey are on commentary. Dana's got a, a swanton on her, which confuses me why she would do that, considering the main event. You can tell they furloughed all the producers because somebody would have, should have probably said, Hey, yo, don't do the finish of the main event in the middle of your match. But uh, I loved Lacey Evans' counter of the handspring into the woman's right. Mm-hmm. And Nikki rolls up Lacey and gets the win. Alexa celebrates with her. She's a helpful friend. I dug this. I didn't think it was a great match, but I liked it. It had stakes. I thought the right person won too. Mm-hmm. And and look at this. Look at this, Sean. We're getting we're getting a match that we are legitimately excited to to yeah. to see because uh, Bailey and Nikki Cross has not been overdone, uh, and Bailey has been doing some of the best character work she's done in a long time. A uh, couple of her last pay per view matches, last pay per view appearances, and her match on NXT a couple of weeks ago with uh, with uh, Sasha shows that. As she's ready to step it up when it's time. Uh, Nikki, Nikki, I think has a, she's been proving herself to be extremely valuable. She's been. Uh, I, I mentioned this uh, on on one of our past reviews. She works at a different pace than all the other women. So I'm really looking forward to this because Bailey's going to lean into that kind of energy, oh, yeah. and it should turn into a really, really fun, fast-paced match. Probably won't be the longest one on the card, but it'll definitely be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. It was a good call for Nikki Cross here. Somebody said, where's Naomi? I think we had a super chat earlier asking why Carmella wasn't involved. Carmella hasn't wrestled, I think, since like April. Naomi, home. Home. It's all I can, all I can say. I don't have any insight as to why, but... <clears throat> then we get the eight-man tag, and this is really the last segment we have to talk about, but this was a real good match. This was fun. Yeah, this was and fun. Lucha House Party won, and I'm all for it because this... 
this was just awesome. The, the they stole the show in this match, and they stole the show with six incredibly talented performers. Uh, Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik rocked it. That flying Hurricane Rana from Dorado to Morrison off the apron, the handspring stunner. This is what I need. I don't need them slowed to a crawl with chin locks because that's heat. I need this team that doesn't cut great promos playing to their strengths. Warren, I thought this rocked. It was a great match. Uh, I also loved Metalik springboard Hurricane Rana that he just he just did like off the second row, boing. And just right on Morrison. Morrison is a good opponent for these guys, though, because he knows how to bump for these types of high flying situations. So we he's, really he's helped. Been wrestling it. Lucha for the last ten years, it's amazing. So uh, he 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 was a good addition here. Uh, Kofi sold his ass off as well for the heels. I thought it was great. Good to see them leaning into Lucha House Party. Uh, uh, two guys who have been around since the Cruiserweight Classic. And that they've been sort of fiddling around with 205 Live. They were anchors there. They were brought up to to job to uh, Lars Sullivan, which was stupid. And I'm I'm okay with the. How about that? Giving an unproblematic gimmick. I don't want to talk about the people, but at least an unproblematic yes. gimmick, a push, not a problem. Don't think anyone is really pissed off by this. It's good stuff. And you know, you said two guys who can't cut promos. Lindsay Dorado, during the final stretch of his 205 Live Good run, point. was cutting outstanding promos in his feud against Arya Davari. My jaw was here. You can go check on Fightful Select. The, the archives are still there. Mm-hmm. He was cutting fire, fire promos. I was like, my God, give this. He can speak English perfectly. I should There's, have said people that WWE does not let cut promos. <laughs> there you go. That's that a would, good nuance. That would have been more accurate because I remember watching your reviews and I was like, alright, I guess I gotta watch this 205 Live promo and I was like, oh, shit. And I mean, hey, look at look at Shorty G today on Twitter. <laughs> Eric Bischoff was praising him for the promo because he's like, uh, so I get it, I'm short, but me beating Mojo Raleigh, that ain't an upset. You all need to do better. I was like, damn, yeah. that was that was pretty good. That, that's pretty I wish, good. I wish, I wish we could get that shorty G on TV. Yeah, it's like, no, no, I'm not short. I'm just better than you. It's just as simple as that. I lo- yeah, I love I, it. I would love for him to be glass of milk Taz. It would be wonderful. Ooh, like like the the goody two shoes that can drop you on your dome. Like mm-hmm. basically the exact opposite personality of Taz. Yeah, but what, the mm-hmm. same skill set. I like there. There are slam dunks here. I, th- I thought Apollo Cruz would be the perfect guy to be like a guy that you see, and he's like got this big bright smile in the hall, and then he hits you with a backhanded compliment, and it's one of those. It's like, is he complimenting me or is he not complimenting me? Mm-hmm. Where yeah, <laughs> like I think that he could do that very well uh, as well. Anakin JMT says, has Bailey ever actually beaten Alexa? one-on-one, or will WWE avoid doing it again to not be reminded of, Bailey, this is your life? Well, I will look it up, right quack, but, uh, man, that segment was absolutely... Yeah, that was... That was, that was terrible. Uh, and, I, I I think she did beat Alexa for... I don't know if it's... It wasn't in the part of, part of that feud. I think she just had a match with Alexa. Grounds. At stomping grounds, there you go. Beat her at stomping grounds, and but it it, it it had nothing to do with the it, it, Alexa wasn't champion at that point. Yeah, Bailey has defeated Alexa Bliss on stomping grounds. Uh, she defended her title. Uh, Bailey defeated Alexa Bliss in 2017. She beat Alexa Bliss in 2016 on NXT, 2015, and 2014 on NXT. So uh, Bailey beating Alexa Bliss is like an annual thing. These days, <laughs> Throwback Twenty Seven says, "R.I.P. Sean's office. You'll be missed." WWE needs to let their talent cut their own promos, not have them written. Well, I had a very high talent in WWE recently put over the writers big time. He says that uh, a lot of the the rumors, the word that that Paul Heyman would let them go off the script and stuff wasn't necessarily true, that they had really talented writers behind them. And I'm trying to paraphrase because I can't remember the, the exact words, but 
Yeah, it's I, I think there should be some element of freedom, and I agree with the John Moxleys and Jim Rosses of the world. If you don't know what you're going to say, you can have somebody else say it. That's what managers are for. Have somebody write it, but deliver it naturally. What do you, what do you think in that that sense? I think you do got to have your own personality, but ultimately Vince does things the way Vince does them. It has to go two ways, though, because I agree. I you know there 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 is a certain. Um, there's a, there's a certain argument to be made in regards to, Hey, you know what? Don't worry about your promos, about coming up with that kind of stuff. You focus on training, doing media, you know, do all that stuff, uh, perfectioning your, your craft in the ring. We'll take care of the rest. There's something to be said there. However, on the flip side, you have to play off the, the, your wrestler strengths and you can't expect them to suddenly become, uh, to suddenly become a, 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 a thespian in yeah. the performing arts uh, or do things that are completely uh, completely alien to their personality because they're not trained actors. W- you don't get acting classes in WWE. You get a performance center where you learn how to take bumps. That's, I mean, what, that's what your job is. The reason a- why I brought Anna Bauer, Jeff Hawkins, and Alex Palowski on when I did, they had like comedy and acting experience. And I was like, okay, that that's an element I want us to have on Fightful because I don't I don't have acting experience. I don't. I, I mean, I have some amateur comedy experience. That's for damn sure. Hawkins but, has comedy experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, technically, technically. But Shh. I thought that was a really good thing because WWE doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. project that right. And yes, my office RIP. This is the office I've been in since Fightful started. I started. At my grandma's house when I was taking care of her in a little room. Then I was on a little couch with a laptop, which gave me this posture that you see today. And ever since then, I've I've been in here and moving across the hall to a brighter, happier, less depressing area. I want some sunlight, damn it. We're going to try to get the walls painted this weekend. That way you all don't see floral patterns. But (laughs) I'll have like more angles and stuff like that. And it'll just be a happier environment. It'll be a nice, happy environment. El, uh, Alva M says, "Is Warren's hat logo the same as Gargano's? I believe so, right? It's a yeah, it is a it is a Johnny Gargano hat." And Rob Wilkins says, "Taker's chant was so bad, Tessa just said hard pass." I think Tessa will take what she can get for this one. But thank you guys so much, Warren. Tell the people where they can find you. YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. I record my podcast live on YouTube every Thursday night. Why don't you give it a subscribe? That'd be nice. That'd be fun. And come join the chat. Lots of great people. There are a lot of faces that you might recognize from the Fightful Live uh, chat as well. And I've also started a new series called Warren Loves to Rant. And that's, uh, that's basically me just clipping stuff from my, uh, from my live podcast and adding some video editing magic to it to make it a little more fun if you watched it before. So YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Go check it out. Find a way to work the word trigger into the title. I'm telling you. <laughs> SEO loves it. People look for triggered rants. My interview with Eric Bischoff is up now. I dropped the Arn Anderson making a finisher today. I'm so mm-hmm. proud of that. We got our newest from Taylor Hendricks this weekend. She talks about Sonny Kiss and Joey Janela. And next week, I am very proud of this interview, and I'm so glad that I was able to recover it. I did an interview with the former Kevin Thorne, Mordecai. It is a 45-minute conversation. We have a lot of Vince McMahon stories in there. His feelings on tag team wrestling, why he and Tomko were not a team, why Mordecai ended up not happening, Undertaker's reaction to Mordecai, him pitching the Mordecai gimmick to Vince McMahon, how he got back in WWE, who his tag team partner was supposed to be when he came back, uh, him having a gimmick stolen that he worked on with uh, Dusty Rhodes. And a lot of people don't realize he was supposed to face Undertaker the year that Shawn Michaels faced Undertaker. And then that got switched to Hayde Vanson. And then Kevin Fertig quit WWE. He was offered a new deal, and he quit. He talks about that at length. It is a good, long interview. I have hair in it. So I've got two interviews left where I had hair that I've been able to recover. So make sure you guys check it out. Uh, Throwback27 says, you missed Rob's super chat. What was Rob's super chat? I saw it, the, the, the Taker one. I'll go back and look. Um, while we're here, I'll, I'll go back and check it out. Here we go. 
Okay, Rob Wilkins says, Mark Madden is the guy who claps when the plane lands. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Taker Chant was so bad, Helen Keller would have asked for a rewrite. Around. <laughs> um, there were plenty of rewrites tonight. I'll just say that. Thank you guys so much. We're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.